0: gentlemen
1: boys and girls children of all ages i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore. i'm gonna show the whole world why i was the unscripted uncensored
2: loose cannon of commentary i'm back baby
3: broadcasting from manchester in the united kingdom this is the aaron meta show Here, Patricia, free metal Woo! All free! <laughs> you're listening to the Arameta Show. It is the nineteenth of August 2018. Thank you very much for checking us out. Uh if you want to find us on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Arameta Show. Uh Twitter is at Arameta Show. And also twit and youtube.com forward slash arameta show and also find us on Liberated Syndication as well. So uh, unfortunately we got that's all the metal that we got for you, so that's all the free medal that you're gonna get for uh, for now, but uh, hey, who knows, maybe we might get some more metal at some point, so, mm-hmm. yeah. How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing alright. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, been a pretty crazy week for me, um, just, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, changes going around. Ooh, and also we've got some breaking news as well. Oh, okay. Uh, Craig Ballard has agreed to do the Hey online Anniversary show for this year as well.
0: Oh, that's great! Congratulations,
3: Aaron. Yeah, cool. So, uh, what's going to happen is, is that uh, tomorrow, um, if that is, if um, I'm not sure if you're listening to this uh, tomorrow or today or whatever, but uh, by the 20th of August, uh, we're going to open up the uh, qu- so questions again. So, uh, we'll put up an email address, and uh, you'll hear about all of that tomorrow. And uh, yeah, so definitely start getting your uh, questions. Re- uh, think of your questions and uh, start getting them ready because uh, we're going to open up the email box soon. So. Uh, and, um, yeah, so it's all going to be pretty fun. So it's for the Hey Arnold Anniversary show, and uh, that's all going to be going this October. So I uh, hope you're all going to be able to tune in for that. But anyway, we've still got plenty of episodes of our meta show to get through until then. So, uh, uh, Patricia, shall we get started and uh, get through all this? Let's do it. Cool. Okay, then. Uh, let's go with our first thing, which is, uh, uh, okay, Ivanka Trump on the media. So <coughs> let's take a look at this. That look? I always keep moving the taskbar. Oh, sorry about that.
4: Do you think that we're the enemy of the people? Sorry? Do you think the media (laughs) is the enemy of the people?
5: No, I do not.
4: (laughs) That's that's not a view that's
3: well, that's a bit of it. So uh, she was at this—I um, can't remember where it was exactly that she was, but uh, she was asked basically from uh, the uh, from doing a presence right, with someone doing a presentation, and she she Ivanka Trump believes that uh, the media is the enemy of the people, and, and she said no, in complete contradiction to her to his to her uh, uh, her dad, who is currently the president of the United States.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah. So well, uh, I mean, someone wanted to take a look at this, so I guess, I guess there's some more to it, I guess.
4: Shared in your family.
5: Are you looking for me to elaborate? Enough? Sure. <laughs> um, no, I don't. How
2: I, do you, how do you I do mean, I, I, I yes. certainly, I certainly mm-hmm. have. Um, I, I can share my own personal perspective. I've, I've um, certainly received my fair share of. Um, reporting on me personally that i know not to be fully accurate um so i've you know had some i have some sensitivity around um why people uh have concerns and and gripe especially when they're sort of feel targeted um, but no i do not feel that the media is the enemy of the people
3: well uh, you might want to communicate that to your dad because he doesn't feel that way
2: yeah I mean,
0: I guess it, it, it depends on the person. You know, some people feel that the media is the enemy. Some people don't. But um, I think that when it comes to herself, I mean, you know, what kind of uh, controversies or contradictions has she been going through lately?
3: Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the, the last thing I heard about Ivanka is that her fashion line went down the, down the pan.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. I, I We did talk about that a while ago, and I did mention that it, back in my old job, we used to get like her dresses and her shoe line all the time, like donated to um, our stores, and so we had to like, um, you know, put it up for sale at our at our jobs website. And usually they would go away for like, either le- less than ten bucks or not at all. so yeah. it's not
5: surprising. F-
3: the one thing about this is, which I find quite surprising, is that uh, isn't Ivanka Trump like one of uh, Donald Trump's like confidants? Like uh, she has like some kind of job in the White House. Last time I checked. So mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you think that uh, you know uh, Donald would listen to his his daughter from time to time and say that hey, maybe may, maybe calling the media the enemy, of the people is probably not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's, yeah, I guess uh, so. yeah, and because uh, I mean, <laughs> the one thing I will say about the mainstream media is that uh, it, it has badly let us down. I mean, to, to to say the least. I mean, you know, not in regards to how it reports things and uh, and and that, but uh, now that it's actually saying you know legitimate th- you know complaints about Donald Trump, it's like you know it's it's too late. Like you know, uh, there's a lot of people here have a lot of uh, here in the here in Britain, here in America, have massive distrust distrust of the uh, of the mainstream media now. And uh, it's uh, it's and it's also in in um, in, in in turn of uh, you know people starting to kind of like move off to like you know off to the left and off to the right and away from the center. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's that kind of worrying uh, trend that seems to be uh, coming along, and uh, it just it's uh, is it, on top of that as well. Like um, um, so, uh, you know, the media also kind of built Donald Trump in a way. Like, you know, there was, like, there was wall-to-wall coverage of him during the election campaign. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, so, you know, you can't say that they weren't somewhat responsible for the uh, situation that we're in now.
0: Yeah, very fair.
3: Yeah. So, uh, okay. So there was a, there's, um, we don't normally, like, do tag-on videos normally, but uh, this one was tagged on to this one, so we'll take a look at this one as well.
1: Jim? Asked you about Ivanka Trump's statement that the press is not the enemy of the people. And she asked you whether or not the press is the enemy of the people. You read off a laundry list of your concerns about the press and, and things that you feel like are misreported, but you did not say that the press is not the enemy of the people.
3: So this guy is Jim Acosta, I think. He's from CNN. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, I, I've I, heard of him.
1: Yeah. I, I think it would be a good thing if you were to say right here... Uh, at this briefing that the press, the people who are gathered in this room right now, uh, doing their jobs every day, asking questions of officials like the ones you brought forward earlier, are not the enemy of the people. I, I think we we deserve that.
5: I think the President has made his position known. I also think it's you, ironic. Mind telling us, I'm, I'm Sarah, trying to answer you know, your question. Okay, I, well, I, I it, politely waited and I even called on you despite the fact that you interrupted me while calling on your colleague. Well, I said it's ironic. ironic.
3: Don't you hate Sarah Sanders as press secretary? She sounds so spiteful. Like, yeah, it's just like... uh, And and I get she's, uh, you know, gone gone through all... She she somewhat deserves it in a way, because, you know, she's representing this guy who who locks, you know, immigrant children away in cages and uh, is building a massive wall across Mexico. And uh, is basically falling out, falling out, and uh, with pretty much all his allies, and is uh, cozying up with uh, people like Kim Jong Un, and uh, you know, it's probably soon to be, soon later, probably the Ayatollah of Iran. Yeah, know. and
0: and let's not forget about Putin.
3: Oh And Putin as well, yeah. Like uh, like the you know, this woman thinks that she deserves some slack, you know, for in in the position that she's in. Nah, sweetheart, you don't. You don't deserve any slack whatsoever. You're you're a part of this. And uh, no one's going to give you any slack over this.
1: Which is why I interrupted. I'm trying. But if you, if you finish, if you would not mind letting me have a follow-up, that would be fine. But- it's
5: ironic, Jim, uh, that not only you and the media attack the president for his rhetoric uh, when they frequently lower the level of conversation in this country. Repeatedly, repeatedly, the media resorts to personal attacks without any content other than to incite anger. Uh, the media has attacked me personally on a number of occasions, including your own network, said I should be harassed as a life sentence, that I should be choked. ICE officials are not welcomed in their...
3: Okay, well, I don't know where about... I mean, someone's got to point out to me where they, the media said that she should be choked. I mean, I don't know about that, but, uh, I mean, they did report They did report on that story where she was, like, um, thrown out of a restaurant in... Uh... Yeah, yeah, I
0: remember that, too.
3: Yeah, they remember that, but I don't remember anyone, anyone in the media saying that she she deserved to be choked. And if they did, then that's horrendous, but uh, I don't remember that coming out. I'll be interested to see where that came from.
0: Yeah, anybody who's listening, please send us a, a link to the article or to the video, yeah. and maybe we'll talk about it next week. And
3: we'll play it on the show, and as uh, I say, oh, hey, here it is. But, you know, it's like, you, you can't trust anything that comes out of her mouth. You know, you know, if I, if the Iron Show, right, was given... If the White House called us up and said, Oh, hey, we're going to give you press credentials to uh, go to a White House briefing to send a correspondent down there, I wouldn't even w- entertain that. You know, like, uh, I'm not going to sit somebody in front of uh, fucking Sarah Sanders to, uh, you know, basically, you know, light her face off. And, um, you know, just... Uh, I constantly just, just, just waffle on about, you know, right-wing talking points, which, uh, and just keep constantly defending an indefensible president. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got better things to do.
5: Place of worship and personal information is shared on the internet. When I was hosted by the Correspondents Association, of which almost all of you are members of, you brought a comedian up to attack my appearance and call me a traitor to my own gender. <laughs>
3: okay, well, I think, um... I'm sure, in regards to attacking your agenda, I mean, it was a comedian. So, like, and top of that as well, there's always been mean-spirited comedians that have been brought up to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. But to be honest with you, I kind of wish the, uh, I'm kind of on Cal uh, Kowinski's kind of uh, view on this. I don't think the White House Correspondents' Dinner should even exist at all. Like, don't you think it's pretty uncomfortable that we have, like, a, 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 the press and the government kind of, like, all kind of, you know, convening in this way?
0: Right. And not only that, but during the time that Trump has been president, he has not once attended a correspondent dinner.
3: Well, why? I, I mean, uh, he doesn't like the media, so obviously he's not—he's going to play into that narrative of uh, not doing that. So, well, uh, it makes sense for him not to turn up. But um, yeah, it's just—it's uh, it's just this is the situation. It's just—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's insane.
5: In fact, as I know, um, as far as I know, I'm the first press secretary in the history of the United States that's required Secret Service protection. The media continues to ratchet up the verbal assault against the president and everyone in this administration, and certainly we have a role to play. But the media has a role to play for the discourse in this country as well.
3: You know. I I really wish she was kind of like that when, remember when uh, all the right-wing media was uh, going after Obama for being, uh, you know, this apparently this, uh, someone who wasn't born in the United States and uh, every other, you know, rubbish conspiracy theory that came out against, uh, you know, the Obamas and things like that. Like, you know, I'd I'd like to, I hope Sarah Sanders feels the same way, uh, you know, feels the same way a couple of years ago that she feels like now.
0: Mm. And, and you know, I mean, she's taken it in a, such a bitter way. When Obama had to prove that, you know, he was from this country, I mean, you know, he, he did it in a comedic way. Remember when he was saying, like, okay, I want to I wanna show you a clip about, you know, the day that I was born. And he played a clip from The Lion King.
3: Yeah, and uh, on top of that as well, he played, like, the real American theme song. So, like, you know, with his birth certificate being basically, you know, um, hovering in the background. It was like, it was just, it was, uh, yeah... And it's, it's, it's pure insanity at the minute. It's just, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, at least he was self-aware and he, you know, made it into a joke uh, and pretty much made everybody who doubted him look stupid.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Except for, well, uh, he made Donald Trump look stupid, but that didn't stop him from becoming president. Mind you, stupid right. people have become president in the past anyway, so I guess that's nothing, to, that's nothing new. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah. All right, next.
5: Okay.
3: Okay. Um, I don't know why it's doing this, but uh, for some strange reason uh, we have videos that just don't want to play, and uh,
0: maybe it's a conspiracy.
3: Yeah, it probably is. So, so uh, let me see if I can try and get this to load again. Uh, I think I'll pull this down just for now and see what see what I can do with it. But uh, yeah, it's just it's. Uh, oh, here we go. I think I've got it. Hang on. Yeah, sorry about that, everybody.
2: Women in Japan are angry. They are protesting reports that Tokyo Medical University rigged test scores of female applicants to make sure fewer women became doctors.
3: Well, that's pretty awful.
0: Yes,
2: absolutely. That is really bad.
3: That's super awful. Why? Because they were women?
0: You know, I mean, I would understand if this was like hundreds of years ago, but we're in 2018. There's just as much rights uh, for women to want to become doctors as
2: men. It's like, come on, Japan. I'm Kermi Mori for Bloomberg News in Tokyo. School officials have admitted to altering entrance exam scores after an internal investigation found manipulation since the year 2000 or even earlier.
3: Hang your heads in shame.
2: Oh, my God. Just why?
3: Yeah.
0: Why, why? Japan? Well, I mean, I know you want to keep your... Traditional integrity, but seriously, you know, it's about time you come to the 21st century. According to local
2: media, the school wanted to keep women out because female doctors were more likely to quit after getting married or having kids.
3: Uh, well, even that—that's—that's no—that's no reason whatsoever to rig their test scores and stop them from going at all. Like that's uh, that's that's a pathetic excuse for r- rigging scores. You're ruining people's lives.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're you're making them feel inferior you're i mean just because you know they look into their test scores and they're saying oh i got a low test score i think i'll never become a doctor i'm probably going to become something else that i don't want to but i'm passionate about becoming a doctor and then they realize oh my test scores were rigged.
2: are rigged for you me is currently a fifth year med student at osaka medical university who has shaken so much that now she wants to leave japan
3: Okay, so she's saying that she wants to go to the United States. Um, Well, given that uh, President Pussy Grabber is currently in in charge, uh, I'd want to rethink that. Maybe you might want to come to a country where (laughs) it's not so bad, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I
0: I mean, with everything that's been going on nowadays, it's like every single country wants to limit people from coming in because they want to keep... The integrity of their race and culture. It's like, just
3: stop. Stop.
2: Masami Aoki runs her own clinic in Tokyo and believes discrimination against women goes even further back. She was denied admission into Tokyo Medical University more than 40 years ago. She remembers rumors of scores being manipulated as far back as the 1970s.
3: Someone's going to go to jail for this. Right.
2: Well I mean I guess so but
0: considering that you know I'm sure we I think we even discussed about this a while back that crime in Japan is incredibly low so they have to do some really deep digging in order for that to, to be confirmed true
3: Yeah it's just, it's just uh, you can, for this to go on for 40 years like all, all those women who were told that oh you'll never get in, you're not gonna get into this uni, into this medical facility. And you're never going to become a doctor. It's just it's uh, they've ruined so many people's lives. It's just it's uh, s- s- and I, I, I'd be I'd be very surprised if uh, yeah I wouldn't be surprised at all if no one pays the price for it. But uh, you know I I think so. Someone someone someone's head's got to roll at least yeah, in this in definitely. this place. And like uh, there needs to be like a massive overhaul in how they do this. And like yeah and they should be even putting further checks and balances to make sure that uh, okay if they've been marked at one point they should be marked again and uh, make sure okay. that uh, the what what has happened is uh, is above board Dare i say they even bring in independent you know independent uh, regulation for this you know for for that it's just uh...
2: i'm kermy mori for bloomberg news
3: and that's all there is okay so uh, yeah just uh, that, that's awful like that, something should happen after that
0: yeah i, I agree
3: mhm uh um, the one of these to say in japan so uh, we're going to take a look at this as well. Um, let me take a look. Let me just get this. Uh... I'll tell you what, actually the browser. I don't think it's actually displaying. You know, that's great. Sorry guys for all the technical issues, but uh, we're. Uh... There we go.
0: We're, we're still trying to get things
3: fixed. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, how'd you, so how Japan is trying to make uh, the working week more uh, palatable. Uh, this is uh, something that they've come up with. Uh, the government of Japan has devised a novel way of getting rid of, or delaying at least, uh, that Monday feeling, uh, letting workers take the morning off work on Monday mornings. Mm-hmm. So under the plans dubbed Shining Monday, uh, the Ministry of Eco- of Economy uh, is using forwards. Pushing forward its drive to improve the work life balance of every worker's lot, giving every worker a lion. Uh, Shining Monday is part of a Japanese government's broader plan to encourage companies to cut down on employees' overtime and uh, get out, get them out of the office earlier. While at the time uh, tackling the persistent problem of uh, karaoshi or death by overwork, Jesus.
0: Yeah, we-, we did actually talk about that a while ago. In which, Wasn't that related you know, to
3: South Korea, though, rather than Japan? Like, I well, know it's I all mean, kind it, of the, it, somewhat in the same.
0: Asian countries in general, they've been going through this, about how early in the morning men would get up, and then they would ride the train or take a bus so they can be able to go to work and work for long hours at a time and then come back home very late, and then they have to repeat the process over and over again. And it got to the point in which people would be dying of exhaustion. And this is why a lot of men do not want to have families because they would have to work long hours to provide for them. And this has become... You know, apparent over these last few years of men overworking, and then they die from it.
3: Yeah. interesting. Here, uh, the plan was met with resistance. However, the companies in Japan are often under pressure to, at the end of each month. Uh, a study by this this year by the Ministry of Economy, Trade and Industry showed that while nearly eighty nine percent of employees were aware of the scheme, a mere eleven point two percent had taken advantage of the leave work taking advantage of it to leave work early. So, even though they've got this policy now, not many people are taking advantage of it.
0: I mean, from what I've been hearing, I'm sure that um, when it comes to, you know, the work ethics in Japan, it's all about, like, dignity. It's all about, like, keeping honor, and it's about, um, you know, doing what you must in order for you to sustain life. And I guess because it's been going on for so long that changing tradition is, like, unheard of. It's, like, blasphemous. I mean... Hmm. you know, the whole, you know, women shouldn't be doctors and men should be doctors. It's like keeping into the tradition. It's like if they break away from it, even so much as it costing them their lives, they'd rather keep it.
3: Yeah. So, uh, Shining Monday. So, uh, I guess now uh, people, employees in Japan can now take advantage of that. So, uh, I think we need something like that here, I think, you know. That uh...
0: would be so amazing. <laughs> you know what else we would like? Free health care. Oh, you yeah. Free health care. also like. You know, payments for maternity leave. That mm-hmm. would be awesome. Yeah. But, you know, baby steps.
3: Yeah. So, uh, well, Japan's leading the way with uh, saying, hey, lay, lay in on Monday. So, uh, mind you, isn't that just going to make everyone just say, oh, you know, Tuesday mornings? You know, it's like, isn't he going to like? Nobody's push... going to be happy. Yeah, he's just
0: going um, to... What about a hump day, Wednesday? It's like, uh, it's only two more days till Friday. Are we going to do something about that, too?
3: Yeah, it's just going to push the problem on. Like, you know, it's like, you know, poor poor old Tuesday morning now. is going to basically be the Monday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, maybe I say, well, even Monday afternoons might become the new Monday morning. So uh, Maybe. Maybe. Well, I'm sure i will find out soon enough. So, uh... Okay, we've got. Um, oh, we're moving on to our entertainment section now, and uh, so um, this is interesting development. Um, Mark Paul uh, um I can't pronounce his last name, I don't know, uh, was recently grilled about a potential Save by the Bell reboot. Oh boy! <laughs> uh, could love the '90s show Save by the Bell uh, one day be returning to our television screens? Uh, Mark Paul uh, Gosselaar, uh, who played uh, iconic star- character Zack Morris uh, on the hit comedy series, is open to the idea of doing a reboot. Uh, he said, uh, according to Fox News, um, "I'd like to see a version. I'd see a version of. I'd like to see a version that was worth everyone's time. I'd like to see a version that's worth everyone's time." Okay. Oh, so I see. So there's a lot of versions that w- we see that, that don't do it justice. He said in, in the current reboot trend. Uh, but I'd like to see a version. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see a version that we can all agree on. So basically, it's gonna if, if they're gonna do a save by the if he wants to do a save by the bell reboot, I imagine there's gonna be a lot of negotiations going on behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, definitely.
3: And dare I say it's probably going I mean, um, dare I say it's probably gonna be one that doesn't include Dustin Diamond.
0: Ooh, yeah, because he's been going through a lot of controversies, yeah.
3: yeah. would well, you remember that book he wrote about that basically roasted every member of the uh, Say by the Bell crew? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, uh, I really highly doubt that he's on anyone's Christmas list right now.
0: Yeah, that's true.
3: Yeah, so, uh, for me, I think it's going to be, if they did bring people back, I think, uh, you know, uh, Elizabeth, we- is it, not- no, it's not Elizabeth Wheeler, is it, it's, um, who, who is it who played uh, Jesse and. uh... Uh, we know um yeah, I'm, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that uh uh mario lopez might be might be open to Bowl a return
0: yeah maybe mario
3: lopez i mean yeah.
0: although you know he's much more of a bigger celebrity now
3: yeah well he's he's got his own syndicated show now so uh he's uh he's he's kind of in that in that thing now whether he's gonna actually want to come back and do you know a full-time tv schedule i'm not entirely sure but uh i mean uh who knows He's um uh, could uh mind you uh, uh, Mark isn't looking too good. For, he's looking pretty good for, uh, you know, 2018. So, uh, sure. Yeah. So. I mean,
0: I, how would you see a Save by the Bell reboot? Because Save by the Bell, it was a show that was definitely in its time period. It's definitely late 80s, early 90s. Uh, you have Zach Morris who kind of like breaks the fourth wall and talks about everything that's going on. and. Mm. Yeah, and you know you have like all the kids who are kind of like archetypes of typical teenagers. And how would how would one do a reboot of that?
3: Well, I mean, it's going to be for a pretty niche audience. You probably imagine it's going to be eighties and nineties kids, isn't it? I
0: yeah, think. I guess very similar to like Fuller House and mm. Girl Meets World. I guess, yeah, it would definitely be for, like, a more niche audience.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be um, – I don't think many other gen- generations of people are going to – dare I say even probably people like born in, like, 2000s are probably not going to want to pay attention to this, I don't think.
0: I mean, yeah. it's kind of funny because um, and, you, you know, some of you guys know, uh, if you guys read my announcement that I'm going back to school – And I'm pretty much surrounded by a bunch of people who were born around the 2000s or the late 90s. And uh, a lot of them are like embracing 90s culture. I'm not even joking when I say this, but. in uh, you know welcoming the freshmen and they would like give away things like t-shirts and stuff like that one of the things they gave away was a fanny pack <laughs> and that's the thing that everybody wanted everybody wanted a fanny pack yeah. i'm not even joking oh, so yeah. and then then there's a, there was also talks about like um articles that i read like a long time ago about like you know 90s kids are rewatching friends and you know various things so uh, i don't know about you aaron but when we were kids uh, we uh, at, at least me, as uh, I we grew up with um not only the stuff from the current times, but, You know, from the stuff that our parents watched, like, you know, stuff from, like, the 60s and 70s. So, you know, there were a lot of that stuff that was re-ran on TV, and there were even reboots of that. And, um, you know, it's pretty much, like, the same thing in which,
3: like... Yeah, but um, I I just just don't think that, um, I mean, unless you're kind of, like, in that... Unless you were in that time, uh, that was, you know, you could have kind of... I'm not sure if people are really going to understand it unless they kind of saw it. I guess, and the only way I can think of, uh, I mean, the only thing I can think of they could do is that if they did it like the new class, unfortunately, where basically it's like it's uh, a bunch of kids kind of dealing with the with the now in twenty eighteen, and uh, you know you have Zach Morris who's just kind of like you know along for the ride who kind of like can't understand where he is at the moment.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of American Reunion, in which you know you have like the 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 cast from the American Pie movies, and then they have this huge reunion and they're gathering up together. And they're doing their own thing. So, I mean, it, it you know, it could either be that, or maybe just a complete reboot, or maybe just a sequel series similar to like Fuller House.
3: Hmm. Well, uh, I'm sure if they if we do end up with a reboot, we're gonna find out where it goes. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I can imagine there's gonna be a lot of negotiation behind the scenes, and probably a lot of money being discussed as well. Cause, sure, uh, I'm sure. Sure. I'm sure Mario Lopez. I'm sure the rest of them are not gonna want to come come back, you know, as easy. I don't mm-hmm. think. So, um, yeah, um, Tara Strong did an interview uh, with the Huffington Post, and I've uh, started at the very end. So it starts with the Rugrats, a sound off on the cartoon's radical legacy, and the era of Trump. And so this, this is a pretty long-winded uh, thing. There's two things I wanted to kind of point out, which uh, was interesting. Um, did you know that uh, was uh, the role of Dill in the Rugrats movie was actually uh, originally handed to Madonna?
0: I had no idea about that.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, that was true. So uh, I'm actually trying to find the uh, way where she was talking about that because... Um, yeah, it, was... it was like below where you just were, right there. Oh, well, uh, um, yeah, that one. Yeah, so, right there. I, yeah, I, it you appeared previously in the role that a kid, a kid named... A, I played in a role named uh, Timmy McNulty and they asked if I would mind doing a guide tracking to the Rugrats movie. Uh, Guide tracking is typically done by the studio when they want to lay down uh, on the lines and see how the script is working. And they'll often bring in some big celebrity to do it uh, and it's already been guide tracked. Uh, The reason voice actors do them is is because quite often you get to be in some parts of the production. In fact, sometimes even the the parts of you guide tracked. Uh, that's exactly what happened in the Rugrats movie. I was told uh my role was um or well, as baby Dill was uh, initially being offered to out to Madonna uh, so I went in started doing this uh, baby cry and they stopped the and they had to stop the tape and I was like uh oh i re- I definitely messed up here and someone came in to me and said uh, Tara, we there's a new mom in the booth and you're making her lactate." <laughs> Uh, yeah. Needless to say, uh, I I got to keep the role of Baby Dill, which was so exciting. So uh, that
0: would be crazy. I mean, what would have happened in an alternative universe if Madonna would have voiced Baby Dill?
3: Yeah, well, it's kind of like up there with like you know what happened if uh, do you remember? Uh, um, it was um, uh, Brad Bird who, vo- who voiced uh, Edna Mode in. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, but but yeah, but but at least she had talking lines and she was like a side character. But Baby Dill was, like, a major character in the movie. And all Baby Dill did was, like, cry and said that he needed to poop and stuff like that. So yeah,
3: he, he spoke so, broken English, basically. Yeah,
0: basically, like, broken English because he was a, a newborn baby. So yeah' just imagining Madonna doing that you know going from you know a league of her own and you know her singing career to vo- voicing a baby in a Nickelodeon show
3: yeah you yeah, know even if she did do it I think Sarah strong would have got the pass got the pass anyway because yeah, uh, yeah yeah
0: exactly because usually for the most part they don't get celebrities to uh, come for the TV series
3: Mm-hmm. So uh, because um, for me, I mean, even Madonna did like the did the voice of it. Like, uh, remember when Robin Rob, Robin Williams did uh, the genie in Aladdin, and yeah. then uh, for the CV series they brought in Jim Cummings. Oh, uh, okay.
0: Dan Castellaneta. Dan
3: Castellaneta. Sorry. And, um, uh,
0: but I mean, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the whole, you know, Jeffrey Katzenberg doing the whole money negotiations and pretty much lying in his teeth about, oh, you know, you're going to be paid. Um, you know sag and you're going to, and we're you know we're not going to use you that much in the promotions and then he just pretty much just lied and that was like one of the biggest promotional things for Aladdin and Robin Williams was pissed mm-hmm. so if Jeffrey Katzenberg would have kept to his word he could have you know voiced him in the TV series
3: yeah who knows Um, so, and there was some other, actually, uh, uh, this was the one that I always wanted to pick out as well, because there's a lot to go through, and uh, actually, I only only wanted to kind of pick out two things, and so, uh, this was uh, Tara Strong on uh, the strong role of cartoons in the Trump era, so, I'll read out uh, what she says. Um, I was never politic- political until politics en- enraged me. Uh, the truth is, I don't hate a group. I really hate Trump and everything that he stands for. It's like every single day he dismantles something we take for granted in America. And it's terrifying how it's ignited the racists in this country. Uh, even g- He's given them a voice, and it's unforgivable. When I talk to people in my real life, uh, people who I thought uh, were somewhat progressive, and they say things like family separations at the border are successful because it's a deterrent, I'm like... Like, what? what? These people, are, these are people with children. Uh, Trump retor- Trump's rhetoric invites this behavior, but I think uh, animation in general can bring people together. It's a source of escape, but it's also uh, reinforces some common sense stuff. If you're allowing your child to watch cartoons, I can't, can guarantee you they're going to witness empathy. Uh, it's uh, sorely lacking right now. I mean, it's astounding to see the lack of empathy right uh, empathy on the right uh, so if the kids are getting uh, it through animation even a little bit that's a win for me so uh,
0: I, I, I mean it, it's been the case since forever i mean even during the depression era in the 1930s people went to watch movies for an escape because pretty much everybody was broke
3: yeah but when when do you stop escaping and when you start when do you start trying getting involved and starting to do something about this Right, And right. It's like yeah, this is the thing, and uh, yeah, here's the thing about yeah, empathy shouldn't be a left or right thing. It should be yeah, everyone should feel empathy for uh, when, when you see someone when you when you see a homeless person on the streets, like how can you not feel sorry for them? Like uh, when 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 you see uh, someone who with a, when someone who's uh, currently you know suffering because they can't get the health care they need, how can you not feel that? And uh, when when you see someone who's in desperate need of charitable support, how can you not feel anything? Like, you know, For a lot of people,
0: they just worry about themselves.
3: I know it's like it's like they they become numb and they basically become uh, it's like they don't feel anything anymore. It's disgusting. You know, it's yeah. just it's horrible. And uh, I I really hope that uh, you know one of these days, that uh, people are going to start you know f- really taking be you know, taking taking their emotions in check and start uh, you know looking at the problems around them and maybe something like good will actually come out of it. Who knows?
0: Yeah, hopefully.
3: Okay. Um, next uh, one, um, Guardians of the Galaxy's Dave Bautista slams Disney again for refusing to rehire James Gunn. Um, a Disney, so, Guardians of the Galaxy actor Dave Bautista, he's also a former WWE uh, superstar, has been the most vocal and high-profile critic of the Walt Disney Company over the firing of writer and director James Gunn. He says he's not okay with the firing. Shared shared an article that he said the firing hurts all of Hollywood. Uh, c- c- called... C- Continuing to work for the House of Mouse, pretty nauseating, and threatens to quit the film if Gunn's script wasn't used at the very least.
0: Yeah, we didn't talk about this last week, but um, for those who don't know, James Gunn, who directed both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, he was fired when some stuff was brought up um, by somebody uh, regarding about uh, you know sexist allegations or something like that. Mm.
3: Do, you, do you have a feeling that Disney couldn't couldn't have not known about them though?
0: Yeah, um, exactly. I I think that they should have. I mean, if they were thinking about hiring James Gunn for something, and you know, if they knew about this, and that's kind of like their own fault.
3: I know. It's just. Uh, here's the thing about Batista. Like, uh, it'd be interesting to see what 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 happens if, if he falls out of Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, is is that the end of Guardians of the Galaxy? Then, like. Uh, I
0: mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if they get somebody else.
3: Well, uh, I mean, yeah, but everyone will know it's not it's not it's not Batista. That's
0: true. I mean, remember that um, they brought somebody else. Uh, you know how in Iron Man that somebody else played um, a particular role and then in the second and the third one, they brought somebody else. Hmm. So it's not too surprising if that were to be the case. But, yeah, I mean, it's funny that, you know, you have somebody like James Gunn who um, had acknowledged that he did say those statements. And that was from 10 years ago. And he apologized for it. And Disney fired him. And then you have somebody like Chris Hardwick from AMC's The Talking Dead and The Nerdist podcast, uh, who, you know, there was a bunch of allegations about, like, uh, you know, he abused people, and, uh, you know, then he was, like, called off for a little bit, and then he was brought back to the AMC. And, of course, there's also John Lasseter. And, yeah, it, it's it's just crazy, I suppose.
3: Yeah, it is. And uh, I don't know. Would you hire James Gunn back after everything that's happened?
0: Okay. Uh, I don't know enough for me to state that. I know a lot of people want to see James Gunn back, but I'll need to do more research in order for me to make my full statement.
3: Well, it's just it's like if it's stuff that he said in the past and he's apologized for it, and he says that he'll never say them again. Like uh, sure. I don't know. I that that would yeah, be, una- be that would be, be enough to like say okay, it, you know that would be enough to say okay, strike one. Like you know uh, you said some stupid shit and you said you've apologized for it. You haven't done if you double down on it, I'd fire his ass in 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 a, in a, in a, in a second. Like you know, it's like, if you double down and said, "Oh, well, this, this is what I believe, and this is what I, you know, uh, I, I said in that." If he, he apologize for it, it means he doesn't believe in those things no more.
0: Right, okay. and then there was also a strike too, because I think there were some pictures that were that were shown or something. Oh
3: whoops! Uh, what is he? What he's on? He's there's pictures of him being right, sexist or racist or I don't whatever.
0: know. I, I I just know that there were some pictures that were brought up and. Uh, I know that a lot of people were not happy about it, so yeah. I guess for some people that's a strike too. I guess as a
3: wrestling fan, I'd be kind of I'd be kind of glad if Batista decided to leave Guardians of the Galaxy in a way, because uh, I mean it, there's one uh, match I think that uh, WWE would be pretty interested in booking. I think uh, in, in the in the currently in the hole that they're in at the minute, and that is uh, you know uh, in next year's WrestleMania. I think they should do the Rock versus Batista.
0: Hmm, and, uh, that, that'd be kind of interesting. That'd, that'd
3: be a huge match, like, and if uh, Batista's not doing anything at that particular time, like, uh, and he's obviously not obviously doing Guardians anymore, then you know he's uh, obviously you know, WWE, and him could possibly do some business. So
0: maybe, uh, but right now it's still very up in the air. Um, I mean, we do know for sure that Disney is not going to hire James Gunn back, but it's still uncertain about whether they're going to use the script. Who the director is going to be, or if any of the cast members are even going to stick around. So, I mean, right now, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is kind of in limbo. We don't know if it's going to continue or if it's going to be straight up cancelled.
3: Hmm. Well, we're going to find out soon enough. Okay. Uh, let's uh, let's put on our next uh, next video.
5: Okay. So uh,
3: this is a floating backpack.
5: Whoa! This is freaky right
3: here. Yeah. So the idea of it is, is that uh, it's um, I should say some things on the thing I should probably be reading, but the idea is that the uh, the weight is no longer placed on your shoulders. It's uh, kind of like distributed in their weight system on the on the on these railings at the back. So you can see this guy running up, and uh, you can see that the um, the weight distribution is um, just kind of floating on the uh, on on the yeah, yeah. held together on the railings rather than. You know, being yeah. You know, that's actually a really good
0: idea for um, the, the a floating backpack. Basically, reduces the stress on your back, and it makes you not only carry heavier things, but it's easier to maneuver.
3: Mhm. So uh, yeah, this backpack floats on your back to lighten your load, and uh, the hover guy floating backpack is designed to reduce stress on your body, and uh, you can do train and travel and things like that. and You can run with it and stuff. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to try this actually.
0: Yeah, me too. This yeah. will be great. Uh, if, if, if they have a school edition, then yeah, that will be great to carry my my school supplies and my textbooks and my backpack, but for camping and stuff like that, absolutely, that'd be fantastic.
3: Yeah, and unfortunately, in uh, in 2018, it has to be bulletproof. Oh. Uh, I'm about to bring that up. Okay, uh, next video. Right, hang on.
2: Stop there. Stop. Stop. It okay, won't so... stop. It keeps running into this.
3: Oh my God. Okay, so these are a bunch of grandmothers currently playing video games.
0: <laughs> yes, this thought would be fun.
3: Okay, let's have a look. The in the now. I just, what game are they playing. They're playing World of Warcraft.
0: Okay, I mean that's a pretty advanced game to start them off with.
3: Okay, I, th- I think I think we think it's World of Warcraft. We don't know if it is or not. It
0: Maybe League of Legends. Go on, kill him. Get him that big one. Come on, you did it before. He's just stood in the green circle now talking. He's not running quite as fast as I like him to. Go there. Right, hang on, wait a minute now. Get
3: your doodah what's it thingy going? <laughs> <laughs> You're what? Yeah, hang on a second. What's it thingy going? Get yeah, your do. It's your- hang on a second. So it's a- wait
0: a minute now. Get your doodah what's it thingy going?
3: Doodah, what's it thingy? Like a- Okay.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Uh, okay. It's like, imagine Legend of Zelda, and it's like, instead of the Master Sword, it's like it's the doodah what's it thingy of time. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: see up ahead the thing that will save Hyrule the doodad <laughs> what's
3: it thingy sword. <laughs>
2: Minions are attacking he Come back, you dozy sword. Oh, hang on, wait a minute. Somebody's coming. I'm gonna buy some.
0: Oh, I haven't got oh, enough I'm money. Just
5: really. Two packs so pack of Agri and a packet of crisps, please.
0: I don't know about anything else. Yes, because only our grandchildren can
3: see a success. Uh, oh, it was League of Legends. So. Okay. <laughs> okay then, sir. So.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
3: Okay, so. Uh... Yeah, I might say it must be a pretty... I've never played League of Legends, but uh, it must be a pretty easy game if grandmothers can play it.
0: <laughs> I guess so.
3: Yeah, I guess uh, uh, people are going to probably prove me wrong now, but say, man, if, if that's the case, I'm not sure how much the challenge factor there is in the game.
0: Yes, I, I can't wait for the DLC of League of Legends for the do whats It thingy
3: <laughs> Alright, next video. Why do the poor make so many... D- Why do videos not work? Right, hang on, stop there! Why do. Yeah, it's like. uh, It's just. I don't know why this is, but the VLC player just seems to now not want to play the next video. And uh, so basically, what I have to do is I have to skip to the next video, I then have to go back, and then it starts playing. Make so many poor decisions. I know it's a harsh question, but
4: take a look at the data. The poor borrow more, save less, smoke more, exercise less, drink more, and eat less healthfully. But the underlying assumption. Is the same. There's something wrong with them.
3: My the research suggests that people aren't poor because they behave differently. So this is a historian talking about poverty. Okay. They behave differently because they are poor.
4: It was an experiment with sugarcane farmers. You should know that these farmers collect about sixty percent of their annual income all at once, right after the harvest. And this means that they're relatively poor one part of the year and rich the other. And the researchers asked them to do an IQ test before and after the harvest. What they subsequently discovered completely blew my mind. The farmers scored much worse on the tests before the harvest. The effects of living in poverty, it turns out, correspond to losing 14
3: points of IQ. So, yeah, I mean... That's, that's pretty significant if uh, it's a discovery, if that's the case. Because, uh, and uh, yeah. You know, this narrows your focus to your
4: immediate lack, to so the sandwich you've got to have now, the meeting that's starting in five minutes, or the bills that have to be paid tomorrow. So the long term perspective goes out the window. They're not making dumb decisions because they are dumb, but because they're living in a context in which anyone would make dumb decisions. Poverty, is not
3: a lack of cash. Poverty is a lack of cash. And with homelessness on the rise, the current programs clearly aren't working. We should stop sending shoes and teddy bears to the poor to people we have never met. Instead, many suggest providing a basic income. It's a month. Well, I'll tell you what. A lot of people have been making that argument for a long time, having a basic income for everybody.
0: Yeah, I I I've been hearing about that for a while too, but they just kind of like push it off to the side.
3: Yeah, it's just, uh, and this is the thing as well. Like, if um, if you're gonna say that's you know impoverished people are you know are stupid or dumb or whatever, that's not their fault. I mean, according to this guy, apparently, it's because uh, you know, they're in the situation they are now, so they're fo- they're narrowly focused on trying to you know make it through the day.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not like um, you know, they have to. Um, you know, worry about like, oh, I need to pass this test. It's like, no, I need to worry about when, you know, what, you know, if I'm gonna eat or something.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, I, we've all. I've been in that situation where, you know, I don't have much money in my pocket, and uh, I'm, 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 I, I'll be honest. At that time, I, I didn't feel all that smart when I was uh, in that situation because it was like uh, I was trying to basically work on what I was gonna do now and uh, what I was gonna do, and not walk, think about. I couldn't even think about the long-term future. Because I, I was yeah. too busy thinking about it's what was going hard on right to think now. about
0: your career and you know where you know where you're going to be living and what's going to be the price of your new car payments when you're worried about oh man I got to keep um, paying the bills so I can have the lights continue to go on or else I'm going to be in complete darkness.
3: Yeah, it's like people like say like oh why are you worried about this person and their long-term future because they they're not worrying about it themselves because they can't they don't have the capacity to do it. So it's like uh, you know that's that's the reason why you need yeah that's the reason I've always argued that um, you know when when economies you know mo- when, when they modernise they need to have a long term strategy for what they need to do and so um, you know before a couple of you know a couple of decades ago it was uh, you know people working in factories people working in mines things like that and uh, they had no idea of what was uh, potentially going to happen to 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 those jobs you know eventually the mines closed down the factories closed down because of uh, you know the the factories all moved to overseas and things like that, but uh, then uh, they they had no idea what they were going to do with them after that, and uh, that's what's caused this kind of like you know social you know these social problems that we have today, like the fact that there was just a complete lack of long-term planning, you know, by this uh, by by our government and by uh, you know by other companies as well. So.
0: Yeah, and not only that, but I think I even read an article once about like. You know, most people our generation are barely saving anything for their 401k because they have to pay for, you know, school debt bills, and they have to worry about other things. I mean, they can't even afford an apartment. So what's going to make them worry about, like, uh, you know, what's going to be my retirement goal? No, they need to worry about paying their school debt. They need to worry about paying bills so that they can be able to live.
4: Mm-hmm. ...enough to pay for your basic needs. Food, shelter, education. It's completely unconditional. Basic income is not a favor, but a right. The great thing about money is that people can use it to buy things they need, instead of things that self-appointed experts think they need. And it seems to work in Dauphin, Canada. In 1974, everybody in this small town was guaranteed a basic income. The experiment had been a resounding success. The people in Dolphin had not only become richer, but also smarter and healthier. The school performance of kids improved substantially. The hospitalization rate decreased by as much as 8.5%. Domestic violence incidents were down, as were mental health complaints. And people didn't quit their jobs. Similar results have since been found in countless other experiments around the globe, from the US to India.
3: Stockton, California will begin testing a universal income program starting this fall. And Chicago is exploring a similar program. And it doesn't cost that much. Spending 1% of GDP, you could lift all impoverished Americans above the poverty line. 43 million Americans currently live in poverty and it's costing the rest of us. look at the
4: cost of child poverty in the US, for example. It's estimated at $500 billion each year in terms of higher healthcare spending, higher dropout rates and more crime. You could actually eradicate poverty now that should be our goal
3: but it won't be because you know damn liberals and their socialism and uh, all that crap and uh, you know uh oh, we don't do that they should pay for themselves and uh, make america great again you know it's like uh that's your obstacle to all this unfortunately everybody so, yeah that's true all the right-wing garbage oh well maybe one day we'll probably have to make make sensible decisions with our countries um, Let's have a look. So we've got another video coming up. So let's have a look at this one. Lady? Oh my God! This is rock paper scissors, to- uh, a rock paper scissors tournament in Japan.
0: Yes, or as Japan calls it, ball.
3: Okay then. Uh, so. Okay, I'm... Patricia, I'm guessing this is how you feel when I celebrate football. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. If you see that your team scored, I'm sure that you would probably just kneel down and cry and be all excited.
3: Oh my god. god. <laughs> Sweet she run a rock-paper-scissors composition. She didn't. She...
0: I mean, it's just a kids' game, like a preschool game that you play, or not a preschool, like uh, you know, one of those schoolyard games that you play in America. But I, I mean, who knows? Maybe it is a big deal in Japan. If it was,
3: if it was MMA, or if it was like you know, um, some kind of, some kind of sport that just requires a hell of a lot of skill, like golf or something, I, I'd probably understand. But no, this is rock paper scissors. It's I'm... all about
0: luck.
3: I'm done with this, I'm sorry. I just think there's no skill in that. Okay then, let's have a look at this and see if it's... uh... Okay, this is a... This is a slingshot nut challenge.
5: Oh, what? What?
3: And we can't see it, because it went bloody play.
5: Oh, here we go. Oh.
4: (laughs) Oh!
3: Really? This is what people do in their spare time? No, 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 no. Patricia, actually, this is actually a good thing, because you know why?
0: Please, explain. That,
3: that guy now has a less probability of reproducing. So, uh, yeah, we can, uh, we can safely say that uh, we are now finally, uh, evolution is finally taking hold, nature is finally itself, is uh, finally stopping people from, uh, you know, reproducing and making more of these stupid people. I think this is actually brilliant, in my opinion.
1: Oh, I think I shit myself. <laughs> Where'd it get you? Oh! Ah! Oh. <laughs> Whiskey! The... Oh, is that a color Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: If it is, it's like... I'm gonna give it a go- of, it's a you know, pineapple.
3: Huh? It's a pineapple.
0: Oh, wow.
3: Um Pineapple. Okay.
0: Oh, I don't look. Like I've not want one of those.
3: I guess they I guess they looked at little Nicky in that uh, scene where they were shoving a pineapple hit Hitler's arse and thought, oh, I wonder what happens if we whack it in our balls. <laughs>
0: uh, the whole Adam Sandler thing,
3: huh? Yeah, the Adam Sandler section of the charity shop. That kind of hits him in... Oh. Uh.
0: It looked like it hit
3: his pelvis. I feel stupid watching this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I'm 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 glad to know that finally the uh, the stupid the stupid people population they finally uh, found them so, found some way in tricking them to basically limit their numbers by giving them less ability to reproduce. So um, I guess that's something to be happy about. I guess. All right, mm. then our uh, last thing today is um, uh, a Manchester story. Uh, pony painting parties are a thing, and people aren't really happy about them. So uh, pony. Painting parties are fast becoming a trend for children, but campaigners say they they are taking a stand and say that they want the unnecessary cruelty to be banned. Uh, The parties happening across the country involve youngsters painting uh, designs onto ponies with special chalk-based paint. uh, Oh, if it's
0: chalk, then it shouldn't be a big deal. You could just wash it away. Now, if it was something like a permanent paint, then absolutely you should take a stand on it. But if it's chalk... Then you could just wash
3: it, right? Yeah, I was gonna say this isn't like. Uh, remember that episode of The Simpsons when they uh, found Duncan the horse, and uh, they he was like, they was like being thrown into like a, a like a, a swimming pool or something like that, and saying that he was like yeah, yeah, diving yeah, yeah, I off. Yeah, so like, this isn't the equivalent of that. Like, uh, you know, as long as they like wash it off later on, I guess. Um, I guess he shouldn't be too bad, but uh, yeah, yeah, and, and, and also, um, I mean, I, I would. Dozens, uh,
0: like,
3: yeah, I wouldn't like. Sorry, go on.
0: No, 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 as long as it doesn't... I mean, it, it doesn't, is it affecting the horse? Is it, like, allergic to the paint, or does it not like it when, you know, the children are, like, you know, painting around its leg that it maybe yeah, like, run away?
3: I just think that's... Uh, well, I wouldn't... Uh, if, uh, if we were deciding for our children, like, uh, what we were going to do for a party event, I don't think we would be doing this. No, no. No, this is... I think this is, like, one step too far. Like, maybe a pony ride... Like, sure, know, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good point. Wouldn't you be more entertained riding the horse than actually painting it? Oh, um, but maybe the,
0: they are. The parents are concerned that the children would fall off the horse and get hurt.
3: Oh, fuck's sake! You know, kids. Kids need danger. For God's sakes, like uh, you know, like I really hope this isn't a response to like, oh well, we used to have kids riding the horse, but now health and safety, so now we just get them to paint them. <laughs> Uh, i wouldn't be surprised i really hope that isn't the thing but uh anyway this is behind a paywall so we can't uh we can't see any more of it but uh yeah that's uh that was that and uh we got through that show pretty quickly actually thinking about it so uh yeah, uh, I guess it was a nice balance between articles and videos, so yeah, it was pretty good. Cool. Uh, so, um, just to let you guys know, uh, we're going to be having a Hey Arnold anniversary show this year. Uh, Craig Bartlett's agreed to it, so uh, that's going to be coming up soon. Uh, so, uh, that's going to be on the October the 7th, we normally do it, or at least the week of October the 7th, but uh, we're going to be releasing the, um, uh, getting the questions in uh, starting tomorrow, so if you want to get them in, uh, we'll give you all the instructions tomorrow, but... Uh, uh, this time it's here. This has been the Arameta Show. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Arameta Show. Uh, as Arameta Show. Uh, arameta.tumblr.com. And YouTube.com forward slash Arameta Show. But really, um, guys, we really want to get you on uh, the podcast feed. So please listen on iTunes and Player FM and Stitcher. And uh, now uh, uh, CastBox we're also on as well. So uh, we're expanding into all the... Realms and everything, you know, iHeartRadio, uh, all those great places, so uh, listen to us on the podcast feed, because uh, we, we're more appreciated there than we are on YouTube at the minute, because, uh, you know, we just, uh, I literally look now at the uh, what YouTube is doing, and uh, we get no recommendations on, on videos or anything like that now, like, uh, we yeah, that's uh, very sad, I know, and like, on top of that as well, on YouTube, our subscriber base has not grown, you know, it's like, it's always kind of hovering between uh, 358 to 362 subscribers, like, yeah, but
0: please, if you can spread the uh, the Aaron Meta Show YouTube channel.
3: Yeah, well, well, if you can, well, then great. But to be honest with you, like, uh, I'm only on YouTube because you people want me to be on YouTube. The minute you want me to say, "Oh yeah, get rid of YouTube," I'll happily do it. You know, so uh, I'm more happy being on the podcast feed than I am anything else. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. So let me leave, please. Let me <laughs> leave. I don't want to be here anymore. Uh. All right then. So uh, for me, Aaron
0: and Patricia,
3: take care and bye bye for now.
0: See you later.